The show is about to begin. And Schwarber takes a cold strike three. Backdoored him that time. And a swing and a miss. NLCS Game 3 is done in Arizona with the Phillies and the Diamondbacks getting ready now for a Game 4. Let's recap that Game 3 and then push forward on FT Post Game Live right now. You are now listening to Foul Territory. Welcome. That was fun, Kratz. That was awesome. And, you know, the Diamondbacks have one hitter right now, and he just... Happened to be up with the bases loaded. Nowhere to put him in the ninth. And that was a great game. That was delicious. That is exactly the game we haven't had. Lead, the comeback, the, you know, oh, and then the opportunity, failed opportunity. Tremendous defensive plays. Guys stepping up that you didn't think would step up. Who had, who had a wild pitch is the only run that the Phillies were going to score tonight. Not me. Good call. And you know what? And that run was scored by Bryce Harper. Arizona game plan. He's not beating us. You like that? hundred percent. I mean, you have to, you have to choose the guy to be the beginning of this game. I'm choosing with, with, uh, with Ranger on the mound. hundred percent. I'm choosing Walker to not beat me. Number two, based on just on the numbers and the swings he had before, Cattell Marte. Well, Marte, he he did his job tonight. He was he, he was the guy. I was debating going between Marte and Walker for some extra bases for my bet MGM locks, but <laughs> it didn't happen. I had it. I was I was debating, hemming, hauling. But all his hits before were really like low balls in the zone and just like rollover doubles through the hole. I mean, down the line and through the hole. He was swinging it tonight. He was, and this game started with a duel, exactly what everyone expected from the number three starters on both sides. Not just the duel. That part wasn't as surprising to me as the punch-outs. Ranger Suarez punching 10 tickets in five and a third, three hits allowed, lowers his ERA in the postseason to 0.94, best ever with a minimum of five starts, just .01 better than... Andy Koufax, no big deal. And then Brandon Fott, who's a rookie who had ups and downs. He's got great stuff. Five and two-thirds, two hits, nine strikeouts. And doing it in a variety of ways. I mean, you can speak much better to this than I can, but I'm just saying, you you said sinker, sweeper. How effective can that be for him against this Phillies team? Can he execute those pitches? We talked all about it on Tory before the game. I think he exceeded everyone's expectations. And also, that four-seamer has some ride to it. Four-seamer is – it's what's amazing about his three-pitch mix is the fact that he can throw it differently to each guy. We talked about earlier about how he needs to get that sinker into righties. He was doing a good job of that. He was keeping the ball in the ballpark, doing that. Then that fastball up, the Phillies were uncharacteristically swinging at up, up fastballs. Nick Castellanos couldn't get to it up there. Uh, Rojas couldn't get to it up there he didn't just stick to the same game plan for each hitter. Like the back door, the, for me, uh, I think it was the third inning, second time through against Schwarber, that back door slider that he threw, he could throw that pitch 
every single time. And the only thing Schwarber's going to do is hit a ground ball back to him. Like that is a lights out pitch. And for him to strike out 50% of the outs, like he was getting, I'm not out 15, 50% of the hitters he faced, he was getting 18 hitters. He got 18 hitters and that was the game plan, I guess, by Lavello. I'm not sure they talked about it on the it was. podcast a it, little bit. Yeah. And, and he struck out nine of them. I know the Phillies can be susceptible to a strikeout sometimes, but there was, he was dominant early. First time through the order, I think he had nine swings and misses. That's a great game, let alone, let alone the first, first three innings. Like it was, it was impressive. Very impressive for a guy who needs to get more credit. And I think to me, what I saw watching video before the game and then watching this game, the walks, the walks are huge in his last five games. Now his last five games, he has one walk. He has one walk. And in those games, he's gone eight strikeouts, eight strikeouts in his 80. Those are 80 pitch games. And then he went 60 pitch game, 40 pitch game, and he had four and two strikeouts. Now he gets back up there. I, I was very afraid for the Diamondbacks that he was going to come out of the game and then it was going to be open up the floodgates and it was going to be the old analytic debate. But it wasn't. They finally got to go to their high leverage guys, and that's why they're in that spot. Seawald was great, keeping the lead down or intact or the game intact. Whatever. Um, Ginkle has really good stuff. He's been great for them. There's already debate in the chat about the check swing from Perdomo. Ultimately, doesn't get called by Vanover or Barksdale. The two umps that had the say in it extends the AB, turns into a walk, moves it to Cattell Marte, ball game. Was it yeah, a I, strike? Did he go around? 100%. That, that's, yeah. that's, an egregious, that's an egregious one. But maybe the whole debate of a black bat. We'll talk about it tomorrow on FT. Umpire need to check swing with a black bat. There's theories out there in Major League Baseball that if you have a black bat, umpires can't see a check swing. There's some He had – like that was clearly you can hit a double based on that swing, and I think there's going to be a lot of debate about it. I had the stuff to get through, get through this lineup, but you never want to put it in the umpire's hands like that. So why doesn't every hitter use a black bat if they're going to get away with a, a check swing strike? It's a theory. It's a conspiracy it's theory. Just a theory. It's a conspiracy theory. Like why the like why the uh, the lights went off the one time when Kevin Costner was in town and Cal Ripken still had still had his games played streak, you know. But that's one instance. Theory. The the black bat is something that could be off. It's just like aren't there aren't there umpires like at the soup if you're super tall you can't see the bottom of the zone as well, right? Isn't yep. isn't there all kinds of I wouldn't even call them theories yeah. in some of those cases, just vantage points that. That can't be executed by an umpire, which is why we still have human element in the game, and this shit's going to happen really all the time. It happens all the time. There, the the zone in general tonight was terrible. It stood out Whoa. for being bad. It was inconsistent. It was, it was um, but it was bad overall from Larry Vanover. People were pissed. I actually thought that they kept I themselves Sonia. together pretty well. The hitters. I Sonia. I was thinking it was Larry Vanover. 
And then right at the end okay. of the game, I looked it up. It was Dan Iasonia. Sorry, my bad. Iasonia. And I'm not good with hump names, but and, and honestly, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's just it, it pisses me off. But I mean, whatever. Ump had a bad game. Both ways. Both ways, bad game. And yep. it was crazy. And I can't wait to see it tomorrow. Like it's almost like he's too far to one side or the other because his mechanics on calls. I think it's to his left, whether away to a lefty or into a righty, he misses and then down and away to a righty. Yeah, I'm trying to think of it right. Down and away to a righty and down and into a lefty. It just I remember seeing other day other games where Iasonia's just zone, like his misses are all like in an L and it's like like what's he what's he seeing? especially if he does it consistently. So I'm waiting to see tomorrow what his score looks like, what his report card looks like. But it was it was tough. There were some balls at the top of the zone. He was just missing. That were strikes. I don't know. And the thing is, too, Dan Iasonia is such a nice guy. I don't – we don't want this to be the – the story I know, but, I, but, but Kratz, I mean, no, I know, but I know a lot of nice guys and, and whatever. I mean, like you said, it was at least both ways. It more is just the ump discussion. Yep. It's not like one fan base should be more pissed off no, than the other. Sure. Although Philly fans are going to be pissed about the check swing. Although that was multiple offenders involved on that situation. For sure. Saying. For sure. Lance Barksdale, Lance Barksdale who's going to be behind the dish tomorrow night. He was, he was the one that called the check swing, but I just, and I am not a, I am not a robo umpire guy. I am a challenge system robo umpire. I think that is, I think that's the way to go. It adds level, but man, I just, it's, it's tough to see. And I tweeted about it. It's just tough to see players and teams who I think a lot would have a good argument to say the Phillies and Diamondbacks are two of the best teams in the National League. That's why they're here. Why do we just have guys umping behind a dish that are not the best umpires? Like, you earn it. You earned it as players. To me, it's on the league to say we need to earn it as umpires too. You know what? You didn't have a great year. Sorry. You fell short in these categories, and we're not firing you. You're not getting fired. You're just not going to the playoffs. And it's okay to have young guys in the playoffs because they have done a great, great job if the scores say they've done a great job. Yeah, we're looking at the early lack of offense, and then eventually, yes, the Phillies scored here on the wild pitch, but Barely. their bats were so <laughs> freaking hot, Kratz, and they cooled off in this game three that swings over to Arizona. They said at one point on the broadcast, oh, they didn't take BP there, and Frank Hor said that it's darker there, so – he likes to take BP there. I mean, obviously, nowadays, there's a lot of dudes that just hit inside. But I don't know if you have any memories about how Arizona is and if you really think that would have made any difference. If you know about it and you're like, you're seeing it, okay, yeah, it makes a difference. Like, you could tell somebody, hey, this batter eye, batter's eye sucks. And they walk up there. The first thing they're going to set look at is not like, Oh, yeah. I, I forgot what he said. No, they're like, oh, what about the batter's eye? That sucks. I don't think it's an excuse. I never felt like I never felt like Arizona was a bad place 
lighting wise, visual wise. Oh man, it was the largest batter's eye on earth. Would jump. Kind of Frank Core and BA were kind of hinting around the whole time, like, well, you know, it's got to be demoralizing when you hit a ball and you know, you think it might go out. You know, they talk about how Philly is a band box and stuff. And I was like, I mean, there's two teams hitting. Like, they didn't hit the Philly. The Phillies didn't hit the ball that hard tonight. They did a great job of, no matter what stadium, they did a great job of keeping the ball off of the barrel for the Phillies. And, I mean, Ranger did too against the Diamondbacks. I think I think uh, Moreno would have had would have had a dinger if it was in Philly. The one off the wall would have been close. Would have been close. So, one fan in the chat said, "Should Stott have bunted with runners on first and second? No, because he handles the bat so well." And he handles his own so well. He had two swings that were out of character for him tonight. He had a 3-1 count. He hits into the double play on a pitch that I get. You know, it was it was a pitch that he can handle, but he rarely does that. He rarely, if he's up in the count, he'll, just, he'll at least loft the ball in the air. He'll at least put the ball in a location where he – or it's in a location that's able for him – he is able to have success on. But the first at bat, that, that's why I was, I'm wondering what the guys were thinking about Fought's fastball. His first at bat, he swung at a 3-2 pitch, a guy that rarely swings out of the zone and never swings out of the zone down in the zone on fastballs. He'll chase, he'll chase a changeup down, he'll chase a breaking ball down. But fastballs down like that, like it was like they weren't picking it up. They weren't picking up the ball out of his hand because they were all coming back looking like, what was that? What, what is, what was that pitch? Like, what's the velocity? And that's exemplified it from a guy who is really good at controlling the zone. Really good. That was a non-competitive pitch, was it not? I mean, you don't see swings like that very often, especially from someone like that on a fastball like that. And he missed, he missed his spot. <laughs> that it, it was almost like he was, he was predetermined swinging. And that would have been, you know, maybe that was a game plan. Maybe the game plan was, look, this guy's throwing strikes. His last four outings, he's got one walk. Now his last five outings, he has one walk. But maybe that was a game plan. Like, hey, you know, you get into a spot where he has to throw a strike, he will throw you a strike. So it was maybe a predetermined swing. Maybe he felt like he was behind the fastball. I, I don't know. But that, that was a telling pit swing for me where I was like, wow. And then he did it again. You just – you don't expect that from – from Bryson Stott, just so many pro ABs. Yeah, that double play was in the seventh with Thompson and walking Harper and then the infield knock from Bohm. So that was that time. Um, and then eventually, though, you got the wild pitch there that scored Harper. So the one other thing that stands out to me is there were a number of question marks on the Diamondbacks base running. It's actually something in this series that you haven't seen. They finally stole some bags. I mean, Kimbrel's like an auto stolen base if you're on, but they finally yeah. swiped some bags, but their base running was pretty questionable. Like there was like three or four instances. here. There's a question about if Guriel, I'm just saying from a fan should have gone home on the sharply hit ground ball to Trey Turner. But then, I mean, look at um, who is it? Paven Smith 
in his case, not moving over to third base, probably should have done that. Obviously, the play gets extended there, too, where Real Muto is trying to tag Guriel. There's plenty of time to take third. And there's probably one or two others. I'll, I'll think back as you're reacting here where people are like, yo, AZ, what are we doing? The, the one that I – and I know Dave McKay is going in there, and he's furious about this, the fact that they didn't <laughs> – they didn't make these routine plays. Like, to me, some of it's on the third base coach, too. So the, the way that works, the way we'll first go to the uh, sharply hit ground ball to Trey Turner where he comes home. Was that the ninth inning where they ended up getting him out at – where they ended up getting Guriel out the plate? Or was Yes, that, that was on – so so yeah. that was Kimbrell after the yep. Smith infield hit. He stole a bag. Rivera's up, and, and they get the out at home, and Smith doesn't move over. Yeah, so that's a play where, as a third base coach, you are signaling to the runner at second. You've already whispered in the batter's – in the runner's ear, hey, we're going on contact, we're not going on contact. And then you signal to the runner at second, usually like, you know, something like this. You know, seeing it th- – or, you know, going on contact. So, what, so that you don't get hung out to dry right there. And if they were if they were not going on contact there, and Guriel just went on contact on his own, then Paven Smith can't go. He can't react to that and go because that's just it's not you have it's a predetermined thing where like okay he's not going on contact. Gotta see it through. Also, I don't want to get hung out to dry. And then boom, he he went. So that that could have happened there. For me, the biggest thing was first and third, Alvarado comes in, nobody out. As a third base coach, I am telling the runner on third, you get in a rundown. And people are going to say, what? You get in a rundown there because you don't want them to get the ground ball double play. Now, some people will say, okay, I'm not going on contact. So you want to you, – you risk – if you're not going on contact, as a shortstop, as a second baseman, you're seeing – after the first pitch, okay, he has no secondary lead. Cattell Marte was on third earlier in the game, too. He had zero secondary lead. Like, he wasn't going anywhere. So, it was definitely a, a see-it-through situation. But you go in contact there, now all of a sudden, they have to get the one out. And people will be like, wow, you don't want to get make the – you don't want to make first out between, you know, at home. Yes, but you still have first and second then with one out. A single still scores them. If you let them turn to double play, which was an incredible, incredible play, that was unbelievable by Trey to be able to look him back, turn, turn it to Stott, great pick by Harper. But you get a double play, and now you're runner on third. You lose all the advantage of having to runner on third with one out. You'd rather have a runner on second with one out and a base hit scores him. I get it. A base hit scores him on third. But you can't go get run into a double play there. That is that is a great, great play. But that is tough. I mean, it was a great play by Turner. Tough, tough, tough rally killer for sure. When the infield's in to be able to turn that double play, incredible. Yeah, that was in the seventh, you're saying, when Kirkering was in trouble. And then, yeah, Alvarado people were complaining. Yeah, Guriel's got a score. 
on the hit before some people thought, and then otherwise, right, the double play situation there. So all of it doesn't matter in the end. D-backs win. Yep. Yep. Player of the game, pretty easy decision here. No doubt. Foul territory, player of the game. Congratulations, one-man wrecking crew, Cattell Marte, with the knockoff, or with the walk-off knock, the knockoff punch, and before that had two doubles, and the other ball he hit, too, was like 104-something or more that. I mean, he was just clocking everything for them. He's locked in. They paid him. He signed. He's in the midst of, a, of an extension. You know, some people have thought that there's more in there. You can see this is a high-ceiling player who's showing up in a big moment for them. I mean, he's their star bat right now. For sure. Especially when you're a switch hitter in a lineup that matchups don't go really very well. He's look, you get you don't you don't just trip and fall into fourth place in MVP voting. I get it, it was back in 2019, but what he can do is electric. Sneaky big guy, bigger guy than I thought when I saw him in person. Like his ability to hit from both sides of the plate with power and he's a different hitter from both sides of the plate. He wants the ball away right-handed, he wants it in left-handed. He is he is able to elevate some pitches down and he swings and misses at pitches up in the zone. So it's like you're he is to me he's a really raw swing from the right side and Ranger Ranger didn't have didn't have the answers to him and I honestly I yeah not saying I would have gone I would have uh rather faced Walker but or was it Walker? Who did they intentionally walk right there? Walker. Christian Walker. Yeah. You're saying I at the it. end? I, I get it. Or I earlier. understand. Well, they. At you're, the end. you're saying, at, no, at the end it was Perdomo who, that wasn't intentional. They intentionally walked Walker earlier in the game. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Different spot, Perdomo still, walked. Perdomo walked. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Perdomo yes. walked on the check swing. They did yep. choose at one point to intentionally walk Walker. Walker picked up a couple, yeah. a couple walks in that game, but um, also, Cattell, they signed him like way back to an extension and then they like ripped up the end of one. I'm just looking at the current one that he's on five years, uh, $76 million through his age 32 season. That's, uh, that's a pretty good ball player for your franchise for, player. It's a pretty good bang for your buck. For a five war player that probably outside of NL West teams don't know who he is. I mean, he really burst on the scene in 19, but. He's a dude, man. Like he is he, a that's dude. what they kept saying on the on the telecast. Like, and good for the Diamondbacks for extending him and good for him for like the Diamondbacks, they 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 just have an exciting team. And I thought the move of putting Fam in right field was gonna come back to hurt him. And then he didn't catch the ball to Marsh against Marsh, and I was like, oh no, no, this isn't how it should go down. But man, Marte, Marte carried him tonight. Do we have a series? No. No. <laughs> you still need. Hey, hey, if if team as as my pitching coach in college would say, Joel, Joel Holstaff. He used to think, you know, instead of saying Joe Holstaff, Joel, or Johnny, called Joel, Johnny. Yep. He would say Joel. He's like, well, it's Joe, and he's like, what? Anyway, it was an inside joke, but. He is 
if they can pitch the same way that fought pitched, then we have a series. I just don't know that they all of a sudden change the game plan and they can squash these this Phillies lineup because the Diamondbacks still didn't hit much. Like that, yes, they won the game, and this that is this time of this time of year. It's about the dub. Any way you can get the W is is on board. That is what you're looking for. But you're not like, wow, offense. We're gonna build off of this. We're really doing it. I'm afraid that the Phillies are still going to come back and want to feast. Hey, the Phillies have to still figure out who they're throwing tomorrow because they haven't announced it yet either. Nope, that's true. Yeah, Arizona's offense is going to have to show up a little bit. Plus, I mean, this is the big swing game. You know, if it's 3-1 and you got to win two in Philly, that's tough. It's like, in my mind, if Arizona pulls off a shocking upset, they got to win three in a row right here. That's the case that has to be made. And if you can get through... Game four, you got Gallon for game five. I mean, starts to make things a little bit more interesting. We shall see. Thoughts, questions, comments, let us know. Drop them in this video, but also join us weekdays, 1 to 3 Eastern. We do foul territory, Kratz, myself, and a cast of many other former player characters, plus Ken Albert, Przinsky, and Kipnis, and Todd Frazier, and Adam Jones, and many more. So we'll see you on the next video. Thanks for uh, tuning in to Foul Territory post-game live of Game 3 of the Diamondbacks walk-off win over the Philadelphia Phillies. See you soon.